You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to My Strategy with author and personal growth coach John M. Hawkins. John will provide coaching and inspiration, motivation and advice on your personal development in order to help you with the best decision making possible. So now, please welcome the host of My Strategy, John M. Hawkins. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. and We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. We're very happy to be here with you today. My Strategy radio shows are live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we're going to be talking about dependability and how dependability can build trust. It's critical for workplace, but also for our personal lives as well and as you know this show is all about personal development so we take a big interest in topics like this well very happy to be here with you today this is actually the last show for 2020 and saturdays are the days that we think about our strategy keep in mind that any time is a great time to reflect on your strategy by your strategy we're talking about personal development now the my strategy Radio show continues to grow. We're available on iHeart, iTunes, Player FM, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and more. So if you'd like to listen to uh, this episode in podcast form, uh, you can find it on many of the digital platforms. You can find me on most social media platforms. My Twitter handle is at HawkinsJohn, and my website is JohnMHawkins.com. Just like anything in life, we need to have a strategy and a plan to help us reach our goals because the best laid plans don't always work. This week, I'm looking for your stories on dependability and reliability. Do you have any good examples, perhaps a tip or a trick that you'd like to share with the show? You can send it to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. So today, we're going to be talking about dependability, reliability, and how it can build trust It's also something that is critical for our personal lives and our professional lives. Being dependable and reliable can increase your level of responsibility, personally and professionally. However, as with anything, there is an upside and a downside. Downsides, there are some downsides to being too dependable. But we know that once we've understood those, it'll be important for us to put together our strategy and our plan so that we can, if we need to become more dependable, work on that. I'd like to start off today uh, with an article here from Barbara Jean Mailinger. It's got an article on why is dependability important for a person to have in the workplace. She starts off by saying efficient workplaces don't occur naturally. 
They're the result of teams of people applying best practices, positive traits. I would argue more than just that. We'll start with best practices and positive traits. I think that's a good place to start. One of the most important of these traits is dependability. Being reliable so people can count on you. This is true for the owner or manager and every employee. Each person in a company depends on others to do their job. And I think it's important to say that this is a company example, but we take these principles and apply them to our own personal lives as well. She says each person in a company depends on others to do their jobs well and on time so they can complete their jobs and move on. If one person holds up the production chain, it grinds to a halt, potentially affecting every deadline down the line and ultimately product delivery and sales. From our, you know, from my perspective, I have certain things that I expect to be reliable or dependable. If you order a package, you expect that to come. If it doesn't, you expect to be communicated when there's any delays. You expect it to arrive on time and in good shape, good condition. Many other things that we rely on. We rely on people to obey the traffic laws when they're out and about driving. They're going to stay on the proper side of the road, use proper signaling and more. So being dependable is something that I think we're all really used to and we like. And when we run into somebody or a business that isn't dependable, it shatters our trust. And trust is something that is very difficult to rebuild. So as you think about this show and think about being dependable, you could be the absolute most dependable person on the earth. And congratulations. It's a great trait to have for you. Know that there are being too dependable can be causing you some opportunities. Or you could be the least dependable person on earth. And know that working towards becoming more dependable and reliable can help help you. And we have those who are in the center and in all different spectrums of being dependable. So hopefully there's something in this show for everyone. She goes on to say that being dependable starts at the top. And Merriam-Webster's reliability definition is, it yields the same result on repeated trials. However, that good result could be, however, that result could be good or bad. Unfortunately, some leaders are known for their unresponsiveness or inability to make a decision or act the first synonym given by Merriam-Webster for reliability is dependability. I've been known to be unresponsive on certain things. And it usually, um, I mean, I try not to be, but I might be unresponsive if I don't know the answer. And I've heard from many others that that's when they are unresponsive. She goes on to say, if you're at the top, you must be dependable because you set the tone and are the example for that which you expect within the company. Everyone looks to you and follows your lead. So make it clear on how important dependability is to the company. Advises an author on LinkedIn article of accountability and dependability. Make dependability one of your stated objectives so employees take it seriously. And it doesn't just become a buzz term. Explain that each role in the company is important. 
When employee isn't dependable, the company can lose money by not having products on the shelves or delivered to customers as promised. Depend on the action or inaction, and quality may suffer. Companies develop a reputation for dependability or lack there of it. So do people. And the reputation affects customers' decisions on whether to buy from your company or perhaps be your friend. It may also affect other companies' decisions to partner with your business or lenders who approve or deny your company's loan application. Becoming more reliable is a process, she says. Reliability and dependability are traits that can be cultivated and improved upon. First, be honest with yourself by assessing how reliable you truly are, suggests the author of an Inc. article on becoming the most reliable person. Start by asking yourself in what ways or circumstances you are reliable and when you're not. Then work on one step toward becoming more reliable each day, beginning with the most important to you. The author cautions not to seek perfection, just excellence. Because shooting for perfection can cause delays and unreliability. She also says give yourself time to think before accepting a commitment. And I like this one because how many times do we say yes? And I do have a whole podcast on saying yes. Ask yourself if it's something you really care about and can get behind. How reasonable is it for you to accomplish the task and what timeline? And what is the timeline? Whether you can meet the deadline. Then only say yes to that commitment. Go all out for it. And if a problem arises, acknowledge that immediately. Or if your timeline is effective, let the appropriate people know right away so they can plan alternatives rather than having to scramble at the last minute. Reward the most dependable. It's one thing to say, let's all do our best to become more dependable. Quite another thing to see it happen across the board. Let everyone know you're serious about accomplishing this improvement by making an official program recognizing those who've, who've gone above and beyond. It says recognition and reward are far better motivators than punishment. You're listening to my strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and tune in radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how increased reliability and dependability can lead to increased responsibilities. We'll be right back. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations, Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. 
Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. Right before the break, we were talking about why is dependability important to have in the workplace. In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about how dependability can lead to increased responsibilities. I've got an article here that talks about that. And I must apologize in advance. I do not have the attribution available. So um, email me and I can get that to you. Uh, but essentially, um, this article talks about, it's a piece of an article, it talks about the third axiom where increased dependability leads to increased responsibility. I assume that if you Googled those phrases, that word, those words, you could uh, find the article. If you or a team member has to be continually babysat, you are requiring energy. Stress and worry to be extended by the, perver by the person providing oversight. There is no way they're going to give you more responsibility because it simply means more stress for them. People tend to avoid stress whether sub consciously or consciously. And I think this is a good point. And for those who have children, you might understand this analogy. Doing dishes at night with your children, I can tell you that it would be much simpler, especially when the children are younger and have less experience doing dishes. It's much simpler for the parent to do the dishes themselves, not to engage the child, because as a parent, many parents can get the dishes done in a much more efficient manner. They have the ability to, you know, do them efficiently because they have been doing dishes their whole life. When you involve a child, not only are you needing to teach the child how to do the dishes, but also you need to teach them how to be efficient with the task. You need to teach them to be dependable, meaning that if they start the task, they need to finish it. Now, as parents, we love our children and we know that the lessons are going to help them, help them become good stewards of the kitchen, being able to quickly, efficiently get the job done. So we're willing to you know, take on a little extra stress. We're willing to take, let it take a little bit extra time to help teach them how to do it. 
But but this is a, a great point because while you love your children and you want them to be successful in the workplace and with people, if you don't love them and someone is requiring work and causing stress, odds are you're not going to give that someone more responsibility. So when we think about our dependability and getting that additional responsibility, when you are given an opportunity to do something for someone else, the level to which you commit, come in and, and do that is going to lead to more responsibility. Now, this might all seem very common sense, but I think it's a key point. You know, many times I hear people you know, complaining about lack of responsibility or not getting this or that. And, you know, who am I to say whether or not they're doing the best they can and getting the job done and really engaging in it? I mean, there's a possibility that they are, but there's also a possibility that they're not. So think about that. Uh, one of the best things you can do to act like the dependable owner of whatever areas you currently have authority over. So if someone gives you a job, do it to 100% of your ability. This is true whether your sphere of responsibility is small or large. Maybe you think I only work the mail room or I only have to manage this particular inbox. But before you know it, you'll be the person asked to train new mail room workers. After that, you might be a supervisor. And if you exhibit strengths and responsibilities there, you will be able to oversee a full team. It builds on time. So they give us some tips on ways we can become more dependable. Number one, seek responsibilities. Take the initiative in seeking responsibility. Volunteer. And I'm a big believer in volunteering in volunteer work because that's going to teach you how to be a leader. Live up to your word. Deliver on your promises whenever possible. That requires being wise before you make them. Be gritty. Be willing to do both the dirty work and take on new challenges. Don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone because only then will you be able to know your limits. And if you're afraid that it's far from the usual thing you do, then think of learning as an experience. What about getting practical for team leaders? Team leaders need coaching and assistance as well. There's an article from the Small Business Chronicle that says things you can do as a leader to foster dependability in your team. Be clear and concise about what is expected of your staff. Evaluate staff reliability, right? Provide them feedback. And evaluate is, is more than just providing feedback. Evaluation gives you a, a, a data-driven way to determine if someone is reliable or not. Weed out bad apples. After evaluating employees, individually create those who are falling short in the areas. Not to, but don't over-scrutinize them. But as many times, absences and tardy arrivals are excused when due to circumstances beyond the employee control. Makes sense. Conduct personal interviews with problem staff members. Once you've got a handle on who may be part of the problem within the company, confront the individuals privately. Establish a suitable solution. Individual employees will provide varied circumstances requiring different solutions. And update your company policy to include repercussions for unfavorable behavior. And I like this. This article's kind of done a good job of balancing the things for us to do from a personal perspective, 
But also know that we are responsible for providing feedback to our bosses and supervisors. And in doing so, it can make the experience that much better. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live in the BBM and Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we are going to talk about the downsides of being too reliable. It may be costing you key opportunities. We'll be right back. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. Hello and welcome back. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we're coming live from the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. Well, this is the last show for 2020. So we will be off the air for a couple weeks after this show. Uh, and today we're talking about reliability and dependability and how it can build trust. Right before the break, we were talking about increased dependability can lead to increased responsibilities. Wouldn't it be great to be more responsible and to have more and more things uh, put in front of you to which you can own, be responsible for? However... As to every upside, there's a downside. So I want to talk in this segment about how being too reliable might be costing you some opportunities for additional responsibility. And how might you say? Well, that's what we're going to dive into. I've got an article here. Um, and this is another one that I don't have the attribution for. I'm going to have to talk to our producer and see what went on with the attribute in the attribution department. Unfortunately, the producer will probably look at me and, and say, why do I not have the attribution? So it will be a vicious circle. In any event, if you're interested in finding out more about this article, please uh, send an email to talk 
at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. And we will get you the attribution. Article starts off with, I am a good employee. I am on time. I work late. I'm there when my manager needs me. I'm reliable. I am reliable. So then they ask a question, perhaps rhetorical in nature. So why is someone else getting the promotion? The answer might be that you are too reliable. The article goes on to say bosses love reliable employees. Clients and customers seek out dependability. Friends and family know who to call in a pinch. How then can being reliable be so bad? It's an awesome trait and more people should be skilled in this art. At work, however, the scales can tip. You can become too reliable, according to the author. Nothing can make you feel more inferior than when you think someone is taking advantage of you. Feeling that your value is overlooked and that your boss doesn't notice your contributions should signal career danger. And in all caps, they wrote, the dangers of being too reliable at work. First, you can become a pushover and you support those slackers in the office. It's normal to want to please your boss or coworker, but there are people who take advantage of your good nature. Not everybody's performance is the same. Sometimes there's dead weight, people who don't contribute as much as they should. If the work needs to get done, somebody must pick up the slack because you're the reliable one. You end up doing all that work that someone else should be doing. While it's great to pitch in, there's a limit to how much you can do without feeling annoyed. I think I'm going to add a little bit of a footnote here. I think it's important with regard to reliability. Not only do we want to be given work that is in responsibilities, but I'm going to say that we really want strategic responsibilities. You know, that is something that is going to help us advance and get ahead. So it's it's what are those strategic responsibilities as opposed to you're reliable and you're doing everything that nobody else wants to do or you're supporting those slackers. Who are those slackers anyway? I'd like to have a word with them. All right, number two, your productivity is decreasing. Are you the go-to person? There's usually at least one in every office. They tend to have a great deal of historical knowledge. But when you are constantly being interrupted by questions, your productivity can take a hit. You may feel overwhelmed and tugged in multiple directions as requests for help roll in. You work more overtime than others. If your productivity suffers because you're the go-to person, the office is short-staffed, or you are making up for the slackers. It's author-like slackers. I haven't said slackers in a while. This is kind of fun. You might find that you're working more overtime than you realistically should be. It's more common to work overtime than not at some point in your career. These are priorities that pop up and projects that must get done. The eight-hour day doesn't always cut it. However, if work in, is regularly intruding upon your nights and weekends, you should feel free to reclaim a normal work schedule. 
who doesn't want to have a normal work schedule? And they emphasize here that you must be paid for your overtime. Number four, your out-of-office is not respected. I can't get no respect. This is what it sounds like. Rodney Dangerfield, right? So there are certain positions in which you need to be available in times of an emergency. I think we all need to be. Sometimes work can wait. True story, this uh, author says, they once had a boss who would send emails at off hours throughout the weekend, then chastise his staff on Monday morning if they did not get an, he did not get an immediate response. There were no emergencies. It simply was the power of wanting to control every aspect of his employee's personal time. There's no circumstance where that is acceptable. And there's another perspective, too. They say that they wanted to control the aspect of the employee's personal time. I would say that perhaps that manager was not prepared and didn't set expectations during the week and ended up last minute on the weekend trying to get data for their reports. So who knows? Perhaps perhaps they were trying to control them or perhaps that manager should um, develop some soft skills. All right. Five, you're still waiting for a raise or promotion. Your boss repeatedly promises that a pay increase or promotion is coming, but it doesn't happen. You're getting jerked around. Unless there's a company-wide freeze on salary increases, there's something else going on, perhaps something nefarious. Sometimes people who are too reliable won't make waves and the bosses won't make you a priority. Out of sight, out of mind. You always get the work nobody else wants to do. If, you're, if most of your job duties continually fall below your expertise level, you may be taken advantage of. They also go on to talk about things like you never hear praise. You attract the wrong kind of people. So I think the key here is that we do want to be reliable, but we want to make sure that those things we are doing are strategic in nature. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about the eight ways to become the most reliable person in the room. We'll be right back. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current 
concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy, and we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Well, this is the last show of 2020. Today, we're talking about dependability and how being dependable can build trust. We've talked about how it's critical in the workplace, how being dependable can increase your responsibility. And right before the break, we talked about the downsides of being too dependable. And I think to sum it up, we really need to be dependable, but we also need to be working on strategic responsibilities that are going to help us gain even more strategic opportunities rather than the stuff that the slackers don't want to do. All right. In this segment, I want to talk about eight ways to become the most reliable person in the room. So we know that we need to be reliable. We know that we need to focus on things that are strategic in nature, providing benefit to either the business or to ourselves, our family. So I have, an, I have an article here, and um, thank you to our producer for getting us the name. It's Lee, Lee Colin, co-founder of the L Group. Article's called Eight Ways to Be the Most Reliable Person in the Room. The three R's of winning teams are reliability, results, and relationships. Reliability, results, and relationships. But a reliable team is built on reliable players. Makes sense. How can you have the uh, reliability if your players aren't reliable? Article starts off by people are inherently people inherently value reliability. In fact, every day we value the cars. Reliable cars save time and money on repairs. Reliable mail gets delivered on time. Reliable investments can deliver expected returns. Reliable cell phone service to stay connected. Reliable vendors who show up on time. Reliable airlines that take off on time. Reliable restaurants. Reliable friends and colleagues. Reliable internet. All the other things that we have come to expect from a reliability perspective and we're dependable on it and because we can depend on it we can do our jobs if I didn't have reliable internet on Saturdays or reliable video camera or reliable microphone or reliable producer we don't have a show so we are dependent and reliable on things every single day when things are reliable, they yield winning relationships and results. A business that delivers reliable results is the sum of reliable individuals. So the business reliability starts with each person. Since reliability is so important to daily success, the most important question to ask is, how reliable 
Am I? We want to collect reliable people in our lives. We do not want to deal with those who aren't reliable. These people get and keep friends more easily. Forge deeper relationships, receive the best opportunities, and grant more autonomy at work. They have more confidence. They live with integrity and carry a clear conscience. So to try these benefits of being reliable, they've given us eight simple actions. It says here, simple. I like simple. My life gets too complicated if I don't think about simplicity. Managing commitments. Being reliable does not mean saying yes to everyone. On the contrary, reliable people use discretion when they make promises to others. However, most people tend to slip on slip on their commitments because they overestimate their available free time and want to please others. So, to more rely to be more reliably no so to more reliably manage commitments, ask yourself if a commitment is a high enough priority for you. If it's a low priority for you today, what will you really change to move it up or down on for a priority for tomorrow? Focus on timelines and work gets done versus deadlines and work is due. Since people tend to think a task will take less time than it actually does, double your estimates to ensure it fits within your commitments. I think this comes down to some good time management skills. Think about a commitment, particularly if you feel pressure to please the other party. Ask for a day to when the commitment, when you can think about the commitment. Check your schedule. You know, a lot of this is setting the expectation. Negotiating. If someone asks you to do something, you are in the position of strength. You're in the position of strength because there's a couple things you could do. John, I'd like you to do X, Y, and Z. Great. What do you expect out of X, Y, and Z? Well, I expect this, this, and this. And when do you want X, Y, and Z completed? I want it now. You know, you can negotiate it. You can turn, or turn the conversation around and say, well, I see that you want X, Y, and Z now. And that is going to require me to do A, B, C, and D. And as a result of that, it's going to take me so much time. So while I realize that you want this now, you know, I'm not going to be able to get that done now. It's going to take me longer. Okay, so when could you have it done by? Well, give yourself enough time. Increase the amount of time it's going to take if you're not, you know, good at planning and prioritizing. If, you know, fudge on it, if you need to, give it yourself a 20% buffer, a 30%, a 50% buffer. The other thing is, because you're in this position of power, you can say no. You know, I cannot do it at this time. Because ultimately, if something's time sensitive and needs to be done, if you don't have the authority, if you don't have the knowledge, if you need to reach out to other people to do it, all you're going to do is stress out everyone. And that's not the sign of reliability. You could suggest who has the information or who could get it done, right? It's about problem solving, not just about taking everything on yourself. And this comes to their point about proactively communicate. You want to avoid surprises. If you make a promise that you can't keep because of unforeseen circumstances, let the person know as soon as possible. Right? It's why dentists and doctor's office have a 24-hour or 12-hour cancellation policy. Because if you don't have that, something comes up and people are unreliable. Well, it 
to put something out there like a fee, if you're not going to make it in enough time, then that's what gives the business the ability to have a reliable income stream, reliable patients. Now, there's always going to be exceptions to that, but those are the th- processes that come into play or policies, I should say policies, that come into play uh, to help keep the business on track. Start and finish initiative, initiate and closure of the bookends of reliability and success. The best way to finish strong is to start strong. Keeping your word or simply doing the right thing is rarely convenient. Excel daily. Implement daily disciplines to sharpen your focus and strive for everyday excellence. Excellence does not equal perfection. Perfection can be a barrier. It is doing the very best you can at the moment you can and always looking for ways to improve the next time. Oh my gosh, I love this. This is awesome. It is about doing the very best you can at the moment and always looking for ways to improve the next time. I might have to put this on my signature on my email. This to me is really, really exciting. You know, how many how many times do I sit and think about something that I need to do? Maybe not so much now, but in the past I used to say, oh, I have to do it perfect. If I can't do it, why do it, right? We need to do things the best we can at the moment. The task worth doing is worth doing well regardless of how rewarding and important the task is. They go on to talk about being truthful, respectful of time. Use your best team. Hone your self-awareness and affirm your actions are aligned with your values. Good stuff. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming live in the BBM Global Network in TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about ways you can build your reliability strategy. We'll be right back. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and Tune in radio. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? 
What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. We're coming to you live on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio. We're very happy to be here with you today. My strategy episodes are live and on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we've been talking about dependability, how dependability or reliability can build trust, how it's critical to have in the workplace and in our, prof- in our personal lives as well. Being dependable means you get more responsibilities, but there's also downsides. We're talking about ways you can increase your responsibility. In this segment of the show, uh, we talk about building your strategy. I have a very simple approach for building my strategy. In fact, I use this approach for problems that come up on a daily basis and for, for almost every problem, unless it's something that's simple to solve. But when I get a problem that I need to solve, I think about it from a very simple perspective. And it's only five steps because, quite frankly, if it was, it was more than that, it would be much too complex. So for me, it comes down to the first step is awareness. Then assess and analyze strategize and plan, implement, support, and evaluate. So what do I mean by awareness? Awareness to me is being aware that something is important for you to start to focus on. So from an awareness perspective, if you find that you're not getting the promotions you need or you find that people aren't taking you seriously or giving you more responsibilities – That awareness that something isn't right is the first step. So you're aware that something is wrong. So what is wrong? Perhaps there's a core value that might be able to help you. That's what we think about with personal development. So then we need to assess and analyze the situation to get to figure out why. We need to look at data. Why isn't this working? Is there a conflict? I'm having a hard time making decisions. Is this me? Is it you? Is it somebody else? So in the assessment and analyze phase, we need to look at, or step, call it a step, keep it simple. In the assess and analyze, we need to think about, so if I'm not getting the responsibilities in the promotion at work, why am I not? I need data. 
So if you go back and say, well, I'm, I'm dependable, I'm here every day, I'm here late, we need to understand why is it that we're not getting ahead. So you have to collect the data. So we need to figure out from an evaluation perspective, as we talked about in one of the segments, how, how would someone evaluate us on our reliability? How would someone look at us? And, and I need facts here. I don't, I'm not going to talk about, you know, John's good at his job. I'm, John's on time. John works late. John completed task ahead of schedule. We, we need to be specific. So with that data, you can then evaluate it. Take a look at the course of actions that are working. Take a look at what's not working. How much time should we invest? What have we tried? Is there another tactic? So from the strategize and planning perspective, we then want to start to look at what can we do to change. Perhaps, you know, as we stated earlier, you are dependable, you are reliable, but you are taking on assignments for those slackers. And those slackers' work was not strategic work. It was not key to help the business. As a result, you're overworked. You're working on weekends. You're doing everything you can, but you're not getting the bonuses. You're not getting promoted. Why are you not getting promoted? Why? And it might be, after looking at the data, that the boss has you doing all these things that are non-strategic. Or you're not saying no to things. So how can we change that? Do we need to ask for more responsibility? Do we need to focus only on the strategic opportunities? Do we need to say no to the admin type stuff that is going to keep us from getting to that next level? Now, if you're in the admin, you need to do it. But think about what are those other strategic things you can be working on. We then need to implement it. Take the first step. When you're in the office tomorrow, make it specific. And the boss comes up to me. And the boss, I know every Thursday at 10 a.m., I'm asked for this report because so-and-so didn't do it. And now I'm going to have to struggle to get it done, even though I don't have the data. It's going to keep me from doing my other things. What am I going to say? Role play it. Play it out. Have that talk track in your head. Have those objections ready to go. Be ready to, because you know this is going to happen. And you know that if you say yes, it's going to show that you're reliable, but you're doing non-strategic work. And as a result of that, you're being seen as somebody who can get the work done for others, but there's no implication. There's no benefit to you doing it. And we need to support and evaluate it. If we're putting new steps and actions and taking them and being confident in what we're doing, what's, what's the net impact? Is there a benefit? Is there something that is ultimately going to be better because of this? And we need to evaluate this from a data perspective, from a metrics perspective to see how it's doing. So again, if you think about those five steps and how we can go through those programmatically, it can give you some good insights into what steps to take. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about ways to build your strategy. We'll be right back. 
Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C., Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists, and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy, and we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. All right, before the break, we were talking about building your strategy for reliability and dependability. In case you missed this broadcast, never fear. You can find the podcast format on iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, or many other digital platforms. And if you'd like to see my smiling face, you can see me on YouTube. We actually do a, a vlog of this show as well. And if you'd like to have something covered in the show, Send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Or give us a call at 844-MY-STRATEGY. 844-MY-STRATEGY. And come to think of it, I'm not sure if it's called a blog or if it's called a streaming. Whatever it's called, uh, there is a video recorded happenstance of the show on YouTube. All right, in this uh, show, we've been talking about dependability and how dependability can build trust. Dependability is critical for the workplace. Dependability increases people's responsibilities. There's many downsides to being too dependable and give you some strategies. So the question today is, why is dependability so important to have in the workplace? Well, we talked about the fact that efficient workplaces don't occur naturally. They're the result of people applying best practices, positive traits, bringing in the right dependable people. We know that dependability 
starts somewhere. It must start somewhere. Dependability must start at the top. Dependability must set the tone. And an increased dependability leads to increased responsibilities. So if we seek larger influence and more responsibility, we need to be dependable, which means living up to our word, be gritty. Our team leaders need to be clear and concise and evaluate staff reliability. But being too reliable can cause you opportunities, cost you opportunities. You could be a good employee who works late, but you're too reliable as a result. You're a pushover. Productivity might decrease. Might be working more overtime. Not being respected out of the office. Never fun. But if we can realize that we need to be focusing on strategic efforts and not just busy work and the work the slackers aren't willing to do, we can become the most dependable and reliable person in the room because people are going to value that we rely on cars mail investments cell phones airlines restaurants and many more we know that managing commitments and being reliable means that sometimes you don't say yes to everyone ask yourself about commitment what does that commitment mean to you and ultimately it's going to come down to building your strategy being aware that this is important assessing and analyzing your situation strategizing and planning and implementing the plan. Finally, getting the support and evaluation you need. Now, this isn't easy. Breaking habits is hard. But once we are aware of those patterns and consciously prioritize, we can make better decisions. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. This has been My Strategy with your host, John M. Hawkins. Listen each week as John reminds us that just like elite athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of their coaches, he is here to help you achieve your highest goals possible. Here each week on My Strategy. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.